Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Music Seeds, the music that made us. I am your host, Johnny. This episode, I spend some time with my good friend, Jack Miller. We discuss biopics, and these are the movies that are made about the artists, musicians that we love. We dive down into a great rabbit hole of biopics including a lot that we deal with mainly bands, but also individual artists. We talk about the different kind of genres of the biopics. We also go down and discuss what biopics we'd love to see get made. And also, suffering for our art in tune to making great art? You tell me. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you'd like to get a hold of us, please wait after the episode and you will find all the outlets to do so. If you also could hit subscribe and comment, I would love that also. So here we go, folks. The music biopics we love, part one. Giddy up. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us. All right, welcome back to Music Seeds, the music that made us. I have again here with me, Mr. Jack Miller. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about music biopics. So these are biopics that were done about famous either bands or musicians. And I'm going to go ahead and let you start. I, you know, we were talking about before we did the episode, we doing our research here. And I, the one that caught my eye that I really enjoyed, it didn't get a lot of good press or anything, but I really enjoyed Partially maybe because it was my era and it was one of the first great female bands was the Runaways. Yes. With Kristen Stewart, uh, Dakota Fanning yes. playing, Shea, or playing uh, Sherry Curry. Uh, I enjoyed that movie. I, I really did. Maybe that's because it was just, because I like the Runaways. I like Joan yes. Jett. I like Lita Ford. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was fun to see them go, what they went through uh, dealing with the manager uh, slash handler uh, that they had and what he put them through yeah. and all the things that they went through with no respect as an all-girl oh, yeah. band, you know. And well, towards the end there, the reason it broke up was because they were trying to sell an image, not the music. Exactly. Well, that's exactly why Joan left because yeah. she was a, she was a punk musician. She was a, a guitar player who wanted to present a you know guitar-driven band and you mm-hmm. know be about the music. And yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, they were trying to. I used to. They were trying to sell an image because it was girls. And, yeah. and for that time, you know, Kim Fowley, who was the like the brainchild behind the band, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, was yeah, exactly was trying to sell them as a novelty act, and Joan said, "No, no. that's not what we are." You yeah. know, and it's been amazing to see. Like, I mean, Lita Ford, yeah, she's had a, a good career, but Joan has just become and this Joan, icon. And Joan is the icon out of the band. Yeah. And Shay Curry um, went on to, I think she did some art stuff as well, and is you know, uh, kind of just faded back into a normal life. But uh, yeah, I thought that. I, but going back to the movie itself, I thought that uh, Kristen Stewart did a good job with Joan. I thought Dakota Fanning was was also very good. I just I thought they. Because some of these that we're going to talk about were good subject, but they weren't necessarily presented well. But yeah. that was a good one. Um, one that is still in one of my top ten, and I watch it every few years, and I I love it. It's a visually a great movie too. Probably in my opinion, one of Oliver Stone's best, and that's The Doors. I enjoyed that. Val Kimmer is one of my all time favorite actors. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to have met him. Um, very nice gentleman. Really enjoyed that uh, meet and greet. Um, but yes, I, I think, and that's why he he was he a great role. He the definitely role. He de- you know talk about method acting. He definitely the, became Jim Morrison. And as good as that movie is, it got sad as the far as as, yes, as the far, yeah. longer the movie went on, the sadder it got because you know he dies at the end. Not spoiling anything. 
Um, and it, you know, he, his, his life became so convoluted within drugs and alcohol and his behavior mm-hmm. that you just like, please, just go to Paris because you know his suffering will end. At least that's how I thought when I first watched it. There's another podcast I listened mm-hmm. another music podcast I listened to, featured uh, Jim Morrison over a couple of years, yeah. or over a couple of episodes. It was a whole series on him. It was uh, about the 27 Club. Yeah, and um, that's a great that's a great um, mm-hmm. podcast, by the way. I was going to say though that we were just previously recording an episode about um, musicians that were actors. Billy Idol is in that movie. He's one of Jim Morrison's friends. And don't forget, he was also in the Wedding Singer. Yes, he was. We played. It was not a far stretch with him in that one. That's though. true. But no, what I was going to say though with uh, this, this that movie that uh, Jim Morrison. After listening to other podcasts, which is more true to life, not uh, candy coated in any way, it's just a presentation of the person's life and music. And Jim Morrison was an asshole. Sorry, the guy was yeah. a prick. So he had a great voice and, a, and an extremely gifted poet and an icon in the music industry. It wasn't yeah. uh, the music wouldn't be what it is without Jim Morrison. Uh-huh. It's just a shame that he was such a jerk. But yeah, uh, yeah the movie itself very and, well done. And if you want to go down a rabbit hole of how they became the Doors. There's a band out there who get a lot of recognition within the music industry and the musicians. I think eventually one day they'll get like a throw a bone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that is the band Love. Basically, we're out before the doors. The doors saw the band Love and go, hey, we can do this the way we want to do it. Because the, the band Love kind of did the poetic kind of stuff with their music. Oh, okay. And so and I listened to a whole podcast, I think it was a year or so ago, that Robbie Krieger did with Rick Rubin. And they talk about how that band influenced The Doors. So it's a little side note on okay. that. Go ahead. Who do you have next? Well, I mean, we're going to talk about the big ones, I guess, and the more recent ones that have really kind of popped up. But Bohemian Rhapsody was unbelievable in its presentation oh my um, gosh. You know, some critics of the film would say that they got candy coated they didn't delve enough into Freddie Mercury's uh, lifestyle which is which is well documented outside of the movie so maybe it wasn't really necessary um, and I think that's what the band was trying to protect was Freddie's reputation because everybody knew what he was like in real life so Rami Malek embodied Oscar, that role too he definitely embodied the role and um, I don't know if anybody could have done it better I know there was other people who were discussed before the movie was made. Sasha Baron Cohen wasn't yeah. an early, early front runner, um, and other things. Because uh, well, the story goes that Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to tell the bare bones, all put it all out there, and the band was a little more protective of their legacy. I get it. That being said, the movie was still great. The music, if if, if you ever get a chance, go to YouTube and look at the performance at Live Aid. Mm-hmm. They, there's a side by side comparison of the movie version and the real version, and they almost did it step for step. Oh, yeah. Rami Malik and the movie, the people who made that movie, did a fantastic job recreating that moment, which was even for them, they thought themselves dinosaurs at that moment when they were asked to play that show. Yeah, and they stole and, the show. And they did steal the show. They went out there and turned things around. Yeah. So, not that it wasn't a good show anyway, but I mean, Queen was spectacular. The only other band that, besides them, that sold that show, and that was the beginning of them blowing up and that was U2. That was their catapult to bring up to the next level because a lot of people knew U2 was, but it was that live performance that also um, helped their career out at that moment in time, too. I would agree, but also I would throw in the fact, the Red Rock show, the the, uh, yes. the Under Blood Red Sky album uh, recorded at Red Rocks also was a huge turning moment because of that, partially because yeah. Red Rocks is such an iconic state, uh, well, I don't even call it a stadium, yeah. a concert venue. We're lucky enough to live here and, in its backyard. And ironically enough, it's celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. Isn't yeah. that crazy? <laughs> It's just crazy to think about. The one that I uh, wanted to bring up just because I watch this one also like every couple years if I get a chance. I think these two guys, guy and gal, 
embodies this role amazingly in that um, is Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon in Walk the Line. Absolutely. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix. That was, you talk about a career changing moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, certain roles will catapult an actor onto another level. And I think that movie did that for Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Because, uh, you know, once again, he, he may not have looked exactly like Johnny Cash, and I don't know if it was him who did the vocals but, or stuff, the singing, but just the. How they the played off each other, yeah, the spirit of the role and, and, and embodying Johnny Cash as a person, he did a fantastic job. You felt for him in that movie. And that definitely, you know, to just see how well they both played with each other in that role, too. And then also uh, another cameo in that is uh, Shooter Jennings plays his dad, Waylon, in that movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as far as, I think that will probably be one of Joaquin's, as far as his career goes, and he's played a lot of different good roles, that one will definitely be one of his top roles. I always played. tend to think so. I think he'll. it's one of the ones he'll be remembered for. There's always these, you know, especially like actors or musicians, there's an album or a movie role that they're remembered for, and that's going to definitely be in Joaquin's... Uh, and if, I mean, and I, I, and I have a, you know, I've always had a fascination for Johnny Cash ever since I was a kid. Me too. I grew, I grew up on that exactly. music. Exactly. My, my, my grandparents had these records, which I inherited because they love music just as much. And I think beginning of that Johnny Cash loving him and me listening to that, I definitely was... Uh, appreciative of the singer-songwriter and how it reflected into their their music. Well, and it, that certainly kind of spawns from a country kind of aspect because not, not all, until you got into the 70s where, you know, the folk singers kind of took uh, center stage, I guess, for in mm-hmm. popular music. Not that they weren't out there, but it wasn't as prevalent in pop music as it was in country or even in yeah. blues. You know, then, then it kind of made its way into, you know, rock world or pop world. And I think that eventually at some point, you know, we have the outlaws, you know, as far as Cash goes and, and Jennings and Haggard and... Uh, Christopherson, but eventually I hope someday celebrating his 90th birthday here now is Willie Nelson and Willie Nelson started out as a songwriter and I think if you want to say Honeysuckle Rose is kind of a depiction of, <laughs> of his life you, you could a little bit well, but that's... it'd be great to get an actual biopic and see how he got his big break you know with right. crazy and Honey, so Honeysuckle on. Rose is as much a biopic as uh, the rose is for Janis Joplin you know <laughs> so it's, there's yeah. similarities but it's not the actual story and I think people like us who consider ourselves audiophiles or fans of music and art or movies and such they you know we want to see these stories I always crave you know like just like I like doc- musical documentaries or music documentaries I like to know what these people were like and what they were about and how they came mm-hmm. to write these stories or these, these or these songs. You know, like in Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, like you see him toying with the the piano parts. You know, years before you know, that he actually wrote the song mm-hmm. and how sometimes a song the industry doesn't get winds up being the biggest thing in their career. Oh yeah. You know, you know, I mean, if you want to go to back to even, I can't think of the bass player's name, but coming up with, you know, another one bites the dust because of John the, Deacon. Yeah, because of the the era of music. You know? John Deacon actually is the forgotten member of Queen because he wrote a lot of their bigger songs, but he's the quiet member. He yeah. wasn't really up front, and that's fine. Yeah, you know, as long as he, you know, he did what he did. But you're right. Yeah, another one bites the dust, and you know, you're my best friend, and yeah. you know, several others. It's just these. That's you know, what's great about these biopics. You really get to dive into like, oh, I didn't know this. You exactly know? the things. Well, and sometimes it's dramatized it's not exactly how it happens yeah. you know but it's fine as long as it's mostly authentic I'm, I'm happy with that i have to bring up my next one i have to bring up while we're looking at these list of movies yeah and one that i liked but didn't like i guess it depends on what part of the movie you're talking about is the one that's the bob dylan biopic and i use the air quotes you can't see it because it was more of a, it was more of an art film kind of thing i'm not there yeah, i'm not there yeah when they had different people playing Dylan at different times in his career, uh-huh. and I thought some of the choices were right on the money, and it was enjoyable. 
and other other times it was annoying and off-putting. But that's just I said that's my opinion. But then that was the director's choice, and was, but some of it was brilliant. Kate Blanchett playing him. It was like, it was, like, it was it was like interesting. Yeah. I guess I guess that's one of the ones I didn't care for. Yeah, it's like and that wild maybe, how they just maybe because it was a woman. I don't know if that's the case or not. Because I'm not a misogynist. I'm not against women playing parts. But it just it felt weird. I don't know. One of my favorite things about that movie was um, all the the Ginsburg, the guy, the, the comedian who plays the Ginsburg. Alan Ginsburg. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was hilarious. That is well, not and not intentionally, but because Ginsburg was kind of an odd character anyway. Yes. Yeah. But him and him and. Uh, Dylan talking on the beach and doing talk about doing things together and stuff. That was mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. I would like to see a straight oh, eventually biopic will. of of his yeah. life as well. And I've read his I've roots read, in Minnesota and stuff. Like exactly, that. I've read books about that about how he created his whole persona. He was from Minnesota, then he went to New York and created this whole. Yeah. And went from Robert Zimmerman to, Zimmerman to Bob Dylan. Exactly. You know? Well, he almost single handedly created the boho scene. Yes. You know, I mean, or at least popularized it or, or, or kind of solidified it. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe he didn't create it, but he got involved in it and it's, you know, he really kind of brought a nucleus to it. That's great because he would, people don't understand, oh, can't, you know, he, he can't sing. I'm like, well, he can sing. He has sung in some albums and done a good job. He is an, I'm sorry, an icon when it comes to music and his song catalog and the generation movement that he pushed forward as far as singer and songwriters go. And that's what my next pick ties into is like, here is this man who he is the band as much as Mike Love doesn't know that, you know, because he <laughs> thinks Wilson? he's... Yeah, Brian Wilson is a icon of so many levels. His movie, Love and Mercy, they had to play two different generations, two different actors to play him. Right, it's the one where John just, Cusack plays one half and then there's the other... Yes, uh, Kim, now his name is... Kim Dano, as well. Paul yeah, Dano. Yeah, right, Paul Dano, yes. Paul Dano was right. the younger version. The younger version, and I thought... Mm-hmm. I watched that movie recently, and I found it unique as well. I thought that... You know, that they had the well because it's unfortunate when you can't talk about Brian Wilson without talking about his mental health. Yes, um, and I think that's a shame that he, he fractured. Fortunately or unfortunately, when they did the biopic, they had to fracture the part into two. Yes, because he did kind of have a beforehand mm-hmm. and an after, and it was a shame that I watch. You know, sometimes when you watch these biopics, like we were talking about how you learn things. Yes, and I didn't know anything about the dad being such an iron fist. Yes, uh, kind of. He was a well, lack of a better word, he was an asshole. Yeah, you know, and and kind of like the Michael Jackson. We can get the whole thing with that. Yes, well, it's true, but yeah. I mean, but no, but but his dad was so much of a prick that didn't understand the genius that Brian had, and only was concerned with popularity and the and the money so much so that he dismissed the beach boys for his new band they were going to be so great and all this and to, to do that to his, to his own flesh and blood mm-hmm. you know his sons and his and his you know and his nephews uh, to treat them like that and to throw them aside to for whatever band i can't remember who they were mm-hmm. now some some other some other surf type band it wasn't yeah. jan and dean but some other band but i was watching this going wow i didn't realize the dad was such a jerk why you yeah. know why and treated that way and, and brian was like you said, he was the band. Yes. You know, Mike, like Mike Love, as far he was the performing end, mm-hmm. right? You know, and that's because that wasn't Brian's forte. Yeah. Brian's forte was the studio wizardry. That yes. guy, that guy came. He up had with, a competitiveness, a funny, a healthy competitiveness in a lot of ways with the Beatles. Well, the Beatles, yeah, because the Beatles heard yeah. head sounds and were blown. Couldn't believe that yeah. they did there. Then they did Sergeant Peppers, and then you know, then Brian heard Sergeant Peppers and said, "Oh my God, what am yeah. I going to do yeah. better than that?" You know. So, so yes, there was that and. 
Yeah. Both Paul Dano and John Cusack played the roles very well. Yes. And I was, it was, it was, Banks it was, did a great an, job in it, too. It's an interesting story because it's almost as much about mental health and um, the lack of treatment that people get nowadays as it is the music. It's about and, love you know, and mercy. <laughs> thank you so much for that. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's funny. I have to. We were talking about uh, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Johnny Cash. That brings uh, Lorda Lynn and Coal Miner's daughter. Oh, um, yes. A biopic. That uh, that one brought me. That made Sissy Spacek's career. Talk yes. about making career. Some of these movies. It's funny how some of these biopics like this can make an actor's career because if they do the role of somebody else well enough, you know, it elevates them as an actor. Oh, yes. um, Sissy Spacek was, you know, was known. But that movie made her yeah. career, and she was phenomenal. Was and Carrie before that? Then Carrie had to be before I, that. I'm pretty sure you're right. But she, I mean, it was still not as big a movie. It was a big movie, but something about the way she portrayed Loretta Lynn, especially when you play someone who's still alive, it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of there's a difference there too. Some of these roles are done while the person is still alive. Mm-hmm. Some are, are posthumous. You know, like yeah. Freddie Mercury or Jim Morrison, um, where you know, I think Johnny Cash had passed by the time that the Joaquin Phoenix. But then you got the ones that are still alive. You know. Like Loretta Lynn was still around yes. you know, when this movie was done, and uh-huh. so they get the opportunity to kind of critique someone playing them. And she said that Sissy Spacek did a great job. Yes, the movie she did. Is good. Tommy Lee Jones, fantastic as good old do, you know, good, yeah. good old do little. It's a great story, and the fact that you know it wasn't manufactured. It yeah. did come from Butcher Holler, and yes. you know, she wasn't intentionally trying to be this country icon that she became. Yes, and then I think it's a it's a great story and very well presented. And if you People that don't know, Sissy Spacek, who did a great job with that, she has a daughter out that is a great, great singer. And if you get a chance, check her out, Guyler Fisk. She does a lot of folk music, and she is, anytime she comes out with something new, I check it out. She's just got a beautiful voice, very melodic. Most of the people will know her from Orange County. She was the girlfriend uh, to Colin Hanks in there. Okay. <laughs> but she's got an amazing singing career. And um, oh, cool. little little side note on that, just like to tie things into, like, uh, other <laughs> other things music with that being said um that that is a great one jack i love that movie it's um, it's, it's one there's certain ones you can that you can watch multiple times and, and when they come out like you said mm-hmm. you watch every couple of years it comes on i have a hard time watching the doors just because it's such a sad story of this this man who you know self-destructed even though he great as he was that's a tale as old as time as old as music unfortunately yeah. you know but i can watch several others i watch i mean i could watch bohemian rhapsody over and over again i thought that was great um this is one that I have in my collection, and it's because I'm a jazz person. I love jazz. It was, it was not one of his big movies that he directed, and he's directed a lot of big movies. If you love jazz music, you like Clint Eastwood, you like Forrest Whitaker, check out the movie Bird. I was going to say, it must be leading to Bird, because, yeah, Forrest Whitaker was amazing in that movie. Yes. He, I, don't think he, that, I don't think that movie got the recognition it deserved it at the time, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, because, yeah, Clint Eastwood was a good director. He is a good director. He's a solid director. And that's one of his first director roles, I believe. One of the first few that he did. Well, he did Misty. Play Misty for me. That was his first one. But, yeah, this was definitely one of his, uh, like, credible. Because they always wanted him to do, like, you know, action stuff. Or something close to him, you know, or him be in it. And this was one that he directed that he was not in. You yeah. know, I think that might have been the first one. He, he, a lot of the ones he was directing, he was in. Uh, I think even um, Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah, I yeah. Think he directed that, and he. Well, like you said the studios a lot of times want the name recognition added, and mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker was only a, a minor player at the time. As yeah. Far, as far as the acting is concerned, he wasn't as big as he is now. Uh-huh. Uh, not known for the bigger roles that he 
eventually came to play. But mm-hmm. I think he was very good in that movie. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Definitely, uh, like the betrayal of that. Well, movie. and you know, you said it, it, it's it's a jazz thing, and it's not always. It's unfortunate that some of like some of these ones aren't. It doesn't always have to be rock. Yeah. It's not always have to be country. I mean, there's, there's other yeah, yeah. like Amadeus is on this list that we're looking at here, uh-huh. and that's that's a biopic. Yeah, you know that's it's you know and that comes back that takes it all the way back to classical music, and that winds up being such a great movie. And I don't I don't think anybody knew anything about the character that F. Murray Abrahams played before that. They just knew they knew the name Mozart. That's all yes. they knew. And then Tom Holtz. Well, and Tom Holtz as the actor. I want to talk about the story itself. Yeah. They knew everybody knows who Mozart is because yes. it's Mozart, but nobody really knew. Uh, the this was it Santorini character yeah uh-huh. Salarari Salarari character and F Murray Abraham you know was still a minor player at that point too he uh-huh. was still up and coming though both of those just you know the, the act the actor and the character came into light and it's that is a great that's a great movie I don't, I never really thought about it as a biopic but it is I yes mean, it is <laughs> well and that's one of I, one of my ex girlfriend's favorite movies of all time. So, you know, I had to watch it a few times. No, no, that's, that's a bad thing, but just because... No, no, it's, it's yeah. a good movie. It's, yeah. I'm not I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I, I like it. I, I can't say I've gone back and watched it many times. I've seen it several times, but it's not something I'll, mm-hmm. I'll search out. Where, like, Rocket Man or you know, Bohemian Rhapsody or The Doors, I'll watch multiple times. Yeah. Partially because it's just my genre of music. Well, since you brought it up, we'll talk about that then. And that Which is one? Rocket Man. We haven't talked about it yet. And that is uh, Taron Egerton played him. Yeah, Taron. I think it's Edgerton. Edgerton, yeah. Taron Egerton, who is known for the uh, Kingsman movie. Uh-huh. And a great and a great side movie uh, about uh, a ski jumper called Eddie the Eagle. Yes, great movie. It's unfortunate that the um, Hugh Jackman character in that movie is a made-up character; it's not part of the real story in that uh-huh. biography. Yeah. But the movie itself is really enjoyable. So if you get a chance, I recommend that one. But not taking anything away from his performance as Elton John, though. He was amazing. Did a lot of his own vocals. Yes. And the fact that Elton was involved, and here's one of these things where um, the guy is still alive, the person, the, mm-hmm. the subject matter is still alive. And not only was he alive, but he was very much involved Bold. in the making yes. of this movie yes. and wasn't shy about talking about his substance abuse and his mm-hmm. struggle with being uh, coming out as a gay man in mm-hmm. the music industry and all those different things that, you know, the the good and the bad. Yes. And that's, I think, what made it a great movie. And I loved it, too, that it was kind of like a musical in a way, too. It was more almost done as like a Broadway presentation. Yeah. Now, that was what I was going to say. For those of you out there who haven't seen Rocket Man and so, but saw Bohemian Rhapsody, because they came out in, within like a year or two of each other. Yes. They were very close. They are right on each other's heels. And Rocket Man, or sorry, Bohemian Rhapsody came out one started winning awards and everybody was talking about it, mm-hmm. Remy Malik, everything, and then Rocket Man came out and everybody was, I think, expecting the Elton John version yes. of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Done in the same style. It's an equally as good movie. Oh, come just on, done yeah. completely differently. Like yeah. you said, it's done it's presented more like a Broadway play with scenes and um costumes. Well, because oh, yeah. Elton, Elton is John known for Elton John is known for his costumes, right? Yes. But the whole thing and the telling his story in different phases and different parts and the fantastical things that happen in within the movie mm-hmm. it's an equally good movie just very different so if you have if you've seen Bohemian Rhapsody and you're expecting Rocket Man to be the same uh, don't take yeah. take it as a take it as its own thing because it's an equally good movie just done differently when I think that you will probably see Rocket Man as a Broadway musical at some point because they could easily do it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, easily. But I mean, I but Taron Egerton was excellent. Bryce Dallas Howard as his doting, not doting, um, but his cynical mother was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about another person who was a natural talent. The guy is a, a, a piano prodigy. 
uh, we're t- I think we're talking about singer-songwriters. Here's a guy who's a great singer and piano- pianist, but left the songwriting duties to someone else. Yes. And they said they, they had a great, they've had a great lifelong mm-hmm. partnership doing that. And I was happy to see that when he did his farewell uh, show, that he brought Bernie out and you know gave him his you know his. Um, well, it's never respect. been a secret, and he's never he's never yeah. hidden that, and that that's nice that he. Yeah. You know, he I think uh, Elton would be the first person to say that he would never been Elton John. You know, because mm-hmm. his name is Reginald Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> he would never be Elton John without Bernie Taupin. Yeah. There's a there's a rabbit hole I'd like to go down at some point. We can even do that really quickly. Is what are people's real names? Like, that's the thing is, like, it's funny how many people don't realize. How, how many want me to name? <laughs> well, Sting, I, Sting's real name is Gordon, Bernard, Gordon Sumner. Bernard Sumner, I thought. Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. Gordo. Good old Gordo. Yeah. And then you got um, The Edge is uh, Dave Evans, which, and then Mono is Paul Houston. Yeah. What's Cher's real name? Do you know, or is it just? I think Cher is her real name. She just has a different last name. Yeah, and I think that's since she has cut her last name. And, you know, Lady Maybe Gaga, we'll have to do so, some more research. Right, on La- this. Lady Gaga isn't Lady Gaga. Yeah, and yeah. Of course, that's not so her there, name. But that's the thing. Is like, <laughs> but then even like even people's names sometimes you know get changed even in like the acting industry and you know and stuff because they have to do it because one somebody has the rights to that name or two they're trying to sell you know them better. as a person. Rock Hudson's know. name isn't Rock Hudson. You know, yeah, those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. Here's one that will. Need to be redone and it sucks because when i heard they were going to make it i was excited because i thought the person that was going to play it was like oh i could totally see him playing it but the family did not give the music rights to the director which makes me think at at some point they're going to actually do a real biopic because it's just a period of his life and that is um, when Andre 3000 played Jimmy Hendrix. Hendrix. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think I remember seeing that, and I was disappointed as well, because that's, you talk about there's certain lives that need to be put to a biopic or be made in biopic. Mm-hmm. And Hendrix, Jimmy Hendrix deserves a solid Rocket Man, Bohemian Rhapsody style yeah. uh, from the beginning to the end mm-hmm. um, storyline, because the guy's a fascinating character, probably you know, and summarily known as the greatest guitar player who ever lived, kind of thing. It's everybody's. It's some people. But even think. before he became it, he had an <laughs> right. interesting career. Exactly. He had an interesting life. He was yeah, in the like, army and all this stuff, and, and played. He was with, a backup band with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had all these different things before he became the you know, known Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. And I agree, it's a shame that has same And Janis Joplin's kind of the same thing. There's been yes. things, movies that have touched on her career and they've tried, but it fits mm-hmm. and starts to make a movie about her life because she had a very interesting, uh, weird, and uh, obtuse kind of life yeah. that she grew up uh, grew up into. So, yes, I, it's a shame because Andre 3000, as we touched on in our previous episode, mm-hmm. one of those uh, musicians turned actor, is a pretty decent actor. And has the look for that yeah. probably could have played it off if it was written better and it's a shame that the the, the Hendrix estate is kind of they're a little tight-fisted with the with the musical rights and yes. i understand they're trying to protect the legacy but it's been out there enough that they could they could find something find yeah. a happy medium one thing that's cool about them though is they do release every once in a while some great stuff that was never released and like they've released a couple really good blues albums that um of material that he had that were out there that were never available up until a certain point which i can't think of the names but you could do the research and he had a great sound that I wish, you know, he's one of these people like you wish you would know what known what he would have done later in life. And he's, that's why he deserves a biopic is because, because the only other person like here that makes me think of a biopic that I wish that hopes to get done someday is that Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Vaughan is one of these guys that in my opinion had like that crazy rock style life, got it cleaned up. And then to have that tragic death, 
to getting everything you know yeah. in the right track. Right. In his yeah, life. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. it happens occasionally. Sam, Sam Kennison did the same thing. Yeah. Sam Kennison blew up, got huge when went down that rabbit hole of drugs and alcohol and party rock style, party lifestyle, mm-hmm. and was cleaning, getting his act together before he died in, in tragic circumstances in a yeah. car wreck like that. You know. Mm-hmm. So it happens. I don't know. I, I like to see that too because he's summarily uh, held up too as you know this natural talent, this natural yes. guitar player, this this you know. He's to me one of my top five guitarists. Still I, I would tend to agree because what he could do with the guitar even the, the string broke if you when you watch him play and other and some other artists as well you sometimes it just comes out of them they're not really playing it just they're something's playing through them exactly. they're, the, they're the conduit for something otherworldly and mm-hmm. uh, and stevie ray was one of those people you would watch this guy play guitar whether it was six string 12 string acoustic didn't matter the man just it just flowed through him mm-hmm. naturally like it was effortless yeah. And, you know, and, and that's that's it's that's it's a shame that his his life ended so so tragically and so yeah. soon. And that's something I mean we could even talk about a little bit too. Is like ones that need to get made still. There's like my opinion. I would like to see um, one done on Marvin Gaye at some point. Yes, I think that that's a tragic ending. But, Absolutely. But, but his career and his embodiment from going from he, you know, no, um, he what, was what, he was just the other other side of Motown. He was the yeah. music end of Motown. Barry Gordy was the business. You know, Marvin uh-huh. Gaye was definitely the, the you know he wrote a lot of those songs for mm-hmm. other people, including The Temptations. Yeah. He wrote songs for that, but then became an artist in his own right as well. Yeah, and, so, the, and the, even all even all the stuff he had to go through to get what's going on, like um, Barry did not want that album made. Like right. he was like you're you're pushing an envelope you shouldn't be pushing man right. you know like and to become the one of the most iconic albums of all time like um, Pet Sounds and um, Sergeant Pepper Sergeant what's going on is considered one of the best albums of all time because yeah. of its you know stature subject matter and, uh, and yeah. the sound and everything yeah it's so I'd love great. to see one on him the Who I think would be a great one also. Just because, you know, of... Well, there was talk a year, a few years ago about a biopic on Keith Moon mm-hmm. separately, and Mike Myers was supposed to play the role. Okay. And I don't know whatever happened to that. One of those things that got fits and starts. It's what happens yeah. in Hollywood. There's mm-hmm. things that talk get talked around, or you know, scripts get thrown around, and names get tossed in, and who's going to do what, and then it doesn't happen. But there's so know. much stuff to go on with them in their life. You know, with Keith Moon, like you just said, mm-hmm. there's the Cleveland incident, there's the... Uh, Pete coming out. There's, you know, there's yeah. so much going. Oh yeah, there's, there's plenty of stuff they can do. They can probably do one on the entire band, but it's, you know, uh-huh. when you have four members of a band, four, yeah, four. It's not a thing. How is there five? Well, yeah, four members of the band. It's t- It's kind of tough to get, you know, especially when you have four unique members. You can, you can do a whole thing on Roger Daltrey itself. Yeah. It's on Pete alone, who's done so many things mm-hmm. after who as well, you know, and then Keith Moon, and uh, you know, so it's like there are these different things. But yeah, I wouldn't. I would. I would like to see that. I think it would be a long form one for sure, because there there's just so much to deal with. I mean, even in that sense, we could even say they need to make a really good documentary about them at this point. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I wouldn't. Even, I wouldn't even mind something like on on the uh, the scale of the Eagles. You ever see the story yes. of the Eagles? Yeah. Three, the damn thing's three hours long. But if you like the band, it's interesting because you get to know them it's from the beginning, all... know the members from the very beginning, Dirt and, and right, exactly, and all the good and the bad and everything up to you know that was the thing I. Not to jump rails too much there, but this is what I disliked about the Tom Petty uh, biography that was done by Peter Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about his childhood. Um, and all they then mentioned that he had a contentious relationship with his mother, but they never really delved into that. They never, they didn't. It was mostly just celebrating his mm-hmm. music stuff, which is fine because it's all good. But me as an audiophile, I like to know the dirt too. I want to know the good and the yeah. bad. I want to know it all because to me, that's that's where these musicians. 
hone their craft or exactly. they get this they get this art because yeah. they suffered like a lot of comedians are most the most depressed people you know because their comedy comes from a place hurting uh, some of these people who mm -hmm. write songs could write from you know their experiences the yeah. good and the bad so i mean i want to know i want to know these things which goes know? to show uh, is is great art you know is it good to suffer or to be you know just you know, I don't think a normal life. I don't, I don't think you should purposely suffer. No, I mean, no. Yeah, but I mean, if that, but that's what you grew up on. That's what you grew up on. Suffering for our art. Does that make some of the best art that you've ever heard, seen? You tell me. You can do so by reaching out to me through email at ozomatfan at msn.com. That is ozomatfan at msn.com. You can also through Facebook at Music Made Seeds at Facebook.com. You can hit like and get all notifications on when the next episode's coming out. You can also do that by hitting subscribe. Other ways of getting a hold of us through Music Seeds TikTok at Johnny Come Lately. I put an advertisement up there for every show we do. I usually have a song playing in the background for it. Love doing those little TikToks. And then there's also my Instagram at Johnny Evans or John Evans. You can find me there also. I love hearing from you folks. So please send me more of your thoughts on what we can do or any little mistakes that me or anybody else has done during the show. I get a kick out of that. I really hope you enjoyed this first part of the episode. We will see the next episode here out shortly. Meanwhile, looking forward to bringing you more content throughout the next spring and summer coming here ahead. I actually just got back from seeing a show about a week and a half ago from a band called The Beths. That is The Beths at B-E-T-H-S. They are a band from Auckland, New Zealand that are alternative. They were freaking amazing. I recommend them highly. I heard about them months ago on one of the bands to check out for 2023. And let me tell you, they didn't disappoint at all. Going to see Billy Idol here in the next week and a half or so. Got a lot more shows lined up. Hopefully at some point we can sit down and talk about our favorite shows here with my Colorado folks. And we can uh, talk about some of our favorite shows and see what you guys think. Also, looking down to sit down with some musical artists around from the area. And some shows that are coming through. Meanwhile, if there's anything you could do for me folks out there, if you could... Please do your best to take care of each other. And until next time, thank you for listening to Music Seeds, the music that made us. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds, the music that made us. This is copyrighted by Music Made Seeds Incorporated.